shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor powers of evil be launched against you even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed you will remain unscathed and unharmed you will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment for they will be paid back for what they have done when we live our lives within the shadow of god most high our secret hiding place we will always be shielded from harm how then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us god sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go defending you from all harm if you walk into a trap they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling you'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness trampling every one of them beneath your feet for here is what the lord has spoken to me because you loved me delighted in me and have been loyal to my name i will greatly protect you i will answer your cry for help every time you pray and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble i will deliver you and bring you honor i will satisfy you with a full life and with all that i do for you for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, is being killed you will remain unscathed and unharmed you will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment for they will be paid back for what they have when we live our lives within the shadow of God most high our secret hiding place we will always be shielded from harm how then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go defending you from all harm if you walk into a trap they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling you'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness trampling every one of them beneath your feet for here is what the Lord has spoken to me because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. 
His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you. everybody what a wonderful day it is today our God reigns amen we're so glad that you're here this morning and if you're watching online we just want to welcome you we're here to praise the Lord we're here to learn about heaven and his good things and father we just exalt you on high today we bless the name of Jesus Lord your name is great and greatly to be praised and we honor you and glorify you and praise you in this place in Jesus name Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Are you ready to worship in this house today?
you, Lord Jesus. You are good, Lord. Oh, Lord, we commit our hearts to you and our ways to you. That you may direct our paths. Lord, direct our steps. Direct our lives. Lead us into our wealthy place. Thank you for blessing us with the blessing of, that you give us, Lord. Oh, we praise you, Lord Jesus. We exalt you in this place. We lift up the name of Jesus, the highest authority in the universe. Every knee must bow to him. Every tongue will confess that he alone is Lord. Even though you're so great and mighty, Lord, you come down in our midst. You give us a personal touch because you're a personal God. And we thank you, Lord, that you take the time in this moment to speak to us. Now is not a time to grow dull in your sensitivity to my voice. But now is a time to draw near and to open up your heart. And hear the things that I want to show you, things that I want to reveal to you, things that I want you to know, places I want you to go. Oh, open up your ears. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, you may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Today, we are going to celebrate communion because we had a guest speaker last week and so we're you know you can make adjustments and uh hallelujah god is a good god and uh, i just want to share some things with you about communion then we'll go get our elements and celebrate it together but uh, we're glad that you're here at vcf you're in a good place you're in the right place and uh, god's got something for you and you won't be disappointed Amen. Hallelujah. In the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, starting with verse 41. Acts 2 and uh, 41. There was a great, uh, people had a great encounter with God. And the, the Bible says this in verse 41. Those who accepted the message were baptized 
And that day, about 3,000 people were added to them. Everybody say 3,000. That's quite a service, amen? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. You know, we need to be devoted to the teaching of the word of God. And to the fellowship. They were devoted to coming together and sharing things together. And to the breaking of bread. And to prayer. So we need to be devoted to these things. Then fear came on everyone. Many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Verse 44. Now all the believers were together and held things in common. They sold their possessions, property, and distributed the proceeds to all as anyone had a need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple complex and broke bread from house to house. They also ate their food with a joyful and a humble attitude, praising God and having favor with all the people. How many would like favor with all the people? And every day the Lord added to them those that were being saved. Hallelujah. What an atmosphere. Now, the breaking of bread is more than just eating a meal. The breaking of bread has a significance. It is what they saw Jesus do when he broke the bread. It's a symbol of his body being broken. You know, if his body wasn't broken, his blood couldn't be shed. But because his body was broken, whipped, beaten, bruised, his blood was shed. All right, and in Luke chapter 24, uh, Luke 24 Verse 28, the Bible says, then they approached the village where they were going and he acted as if he were going farther. This is when after he had risen from the dead. But they urged him uh, saying, stay with us because it's almost evening and the day is just about ended. So he went inside to stay with them. Now, they didn't know who they were talking to. These were the two men on the road to the Emmaus and Jesus was there. But they didn't know it was Jesus. And they're discussing what was happening and uh, in the community. So um, he went inside with them, verse 30. And it happened as he reclined at the table with them. He took the bread and blessed it and breaking it. He began giving it to them. Then their eyes were opened by God and they clearly recognized him and he vanished from their sight. Wow. It was in that breaking of bread. It was in that symbolic act of his body being broken for our sin. He's the bread of life, isn't he? And he wants, he wants to give you a piece of his bread every day, anytime that you need it, right? And, uh, you know, this wasn't anything new because way back in the days of Abraham, he met a priest of the Most High God called Melchizedek after he had defeated five armies and uh, the Melchizedek brought to Abraham bread and wine. They had a little fellowship. They had a little communion, right? The wine represents his blood. The body represents, the, the bread, the wine represents his blood. The, the bread represents his body. And then uh, in Acts 20, verse 7, Acts 20, verse 7, it says, now on the first day of the week, we're in the first day today, Amen. First day is when Jesus rose, glory to God. When we were gathered together to break bread 
or to share communion. Paul began talking with them, intending to leave the next day, and he kept on with us. Uh, he kept on with his message until midnight. Praise God! I, I admire Paul. <laughs> us long preachers got to stick together. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, and then First Corinthians chapter ten. First Corinthians chapter ten. Is the cup of blessing, uh, uh, verse 16, 1 Corinthians 10, 16. Is the cup of blessing which we bless uh, not a sharing in the blood of Christ? Indeed, it is. This is the Amplified. Is the bread which we break not a sharing of the body of Christ? God wants you to share in what he has. He wants you to share in his life, share in his victory, share in his health, share in his wealth. Come on. We are sharers. We have a share in the kingdom. We are, share, we are heirs and shareholders. Glory to God. So the bread of Christ also represents the body of Christ. So then Paul explained this in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 23. He said, I received from the Lord himself that which I passed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is offered for you, And he said, do this in remembrance of me. What are we remembering? We're remembering the price that he paid for our sin and the price that was paid to set us free. Amen? Not only does this set you free from sin, but it heals your body. It strengthens your bones. Amen? All right, I want you to stand up with me. Hallelujah. We're going to go get our elements, and we're going to partake of this together. You can go and get your elements. They're in the back there. And if you need help, uh, ask someone to help you. There's a couple here that might need some help right there. Glory to God. And uh, go get your elements and then come back to your seat. Praise the Lord. God is a good God. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for this meal that we're going to be having here in the name of Jesus. We bless and praise your holy and wonderful name. We glorify you, Lord. Blessed be your name forevermore. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We glorify you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Communion is a good time. And it's simply a picture of what the Lord has done for us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Every time I read the account of Luke, it really um, touches my heart. And in Luke uh, Luke uh, 22 and verse uh, 14, hallelujah.
He said, when the hour for the meal had come, Jesus reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, this is what gets me. I have earnestly wanted to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Now he understands what these elements are and what they represent. And he's about to go through this. But yet he is encouraged to be able to do this for you and to share this meal with you. He, he longs for this. He, was never, he never regretted going to the cross. He never regretted being our sacrifice or laying down his life. He, he thought it was a privilege and an honor, and he did it to, with excellence. I'm so glad he did it. How about you? And he took the bread and he broke it and he gave thanks. He knew that his body was about to be broken. He said, this is the bread of life, which is broken for you. Let us take and eat. And in the same way, he took the cup knowing that his blood was about to be shed. And he said, this cup which is poured out for you is the new covenant. Oh, glory to God. We've got a new covenant in my blood. He said, uh, let us take and drink. Hallelujah. And let's give God the greatest praise for what he has done. Father, we praise you. We magnify you. We bless your holy name. If you need healing in your body, I want you to say, I receive my healing right now. Hallelujah. I am healed and whole in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I think it was in Matthew after they did this, they went and sang a song. Glory to God. I'm sorry, I didn't know what was in there. You know, I was thinking um, our human bodies were on the earth, and there's all kinds of stuff around us all the time. So we need tune-ups. So you might not be sick, you know, like, but your body needs to be rejuvenated. And so whenever we take the communion, this is a great time to just say, tune up whatever needs to be tuned up, you know. And... Um, Restore things that are starting to wear out that haven't shown up yet on the outside. (laughs) Think about that, you know, because the Lord knows what's going on inside. So we just speak to our bodies and say, we remember what Jesus did. And this is part of what he did. We get the advantage as believers. Mm -hmm. These are all things that are available to us. It's not just that we're going to heaven, but on the earth, we get to live triumphantly, which this is what it looks like. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, one of the things that we like to do here at BCF is we like to speak the word. Aren't you glad you can speak the word? Amen. Hallelujah. We've got the power of God at our fingertips. I want you to invite you to join us as we make our confession of faith that's based on God's word. Let's make our confession. By, By faith, faith I, I choose to walk and live in love. God is love, and we live for him and walk with him. We welcome and receive God's perfect love And we are fearless. Love is having God's nature within us.
Love is God's adhesive power that binds us together. Love is the fruit of the recreated human spirit planted in our heart by God. Love is born of the Spirit of God. Love makes my faith work. Love is God in action. God so loved that he gave. God so loved that he acted. Jesus so loved that he came to earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, and rose from the dead. He chose to love me. He showed his love to me. And he gave his love for me. Love transforms our lives, our workplaces, and our homes. It makes life better. Our love abounds more and more and displays itself in greater depths, in real knowledge, and in practical insight. We have unfailing and fervent love for one another. We overlook unselfish and unselfishly seek the best for others. Through God's love, we are more thoughtful, gentle, and tender. Our love never grows old and never wears out. This is of salvation, hope, and inheritance. We proclaim the uncompromising word of God to build a strong body of believers and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. I just want to do a quick announcement uh, before, is it Melissa coming up? Uh, we had our first woven, our women's meeting um, back from the summer on Friday. And some of you ladies, if you weren't here, um, we have a Facebook group that we've created that has all the teachings that will go in there and um, access to the forms that we use. I'm doing it as a coaching class instead of like, you know, just come and preach a sermon and hope somebody gets it. Uh, we, I think we had a good time on Friday. I think everybody learned quite a bit. And online, we have opened it up online to the world, uh, to women in the whole world, which we have women from all over the world represented in there. And, um, and the, the plan is... The, the topic we're covering is to how to not miss the mark of your purpose. Every person on the planet Earth are here because they have a purpose to be here. And you want to live a life where you don't miss it. You don't miss, you don't just like living here, doing this, uh, you know, you have to be targeted. Amen. So for the women, if here's a little tip, women, because I've heard that they would like men to hear this. Um, it's your Facebook group, and you can manage it, but you can play the video and have whoever you want to see it, see it. suppose <laughs> so that way. Uh, so I'll be in the group throughout the month until our next meeting, answering questions, helping uh, with perspective. But I highly recommend, if you were not here on Friday, if you haven't heard about it, to go ahead and join in. We have a um, QR code. And one of the forms that we use, we have forms that we use. So uh, we'll put it in the bookstore, um, if you guys want to put it in the bookstore after service, that if you would like to participate, a quick way to get into group, we have a way to show you how to do that. Amen? I, am, I want you to benefit from it as much as possible because it's open to the world and other people are benefiting from it as well. So it's, I'd like you guys to get the, 
highest possible benefit from it. Amen. God bless you. Good morning, BCF. All right. We got lots of announcements because there are lots of exciting things happening. So this year, September 22nd, is our pastor's 20th anniversary of being here at VCF. Isn't that so exciting? (laughs) And this past year was also their 25th wedding anniversary as well. So it is a double-double celebration. (laughs) So because it is such, our pastors are fabulous, and we are going to celebrate pretty much for a long time. Um, so we are going to do, like, next week after service, we will have, like, snacks and, like, cards, and you can participate in that next Sunday. But we are going to have, like I said, ongoing celebrations, so stay tuned for more details. I know we've said that for a couple weeks in a row. We have big plans, so we're working out some details, okay? <laughs> All right. And on Tuesday, we have youth group. Yes, that is awesome. That's our Air Force youth, and that is from 6 to 8 p.m., and our youth are still producing great things. And on Wednesday, we have Wednesday Night Refreshing at 6.30. It, it's just a different atmosphere. It is awesome to be here, though. And if you would happen to miss a service, we have a new, well, I think it's new. Uh, we have a new app for Victory Christian Fellowship. It is new, yes. <laughs> so it's called the Victory app on your phone, like if you don't have Facebook or social media or you don't want to, you can just play the app, download the app for Android or for Apple, and you can just listen to the sermons that we have on there. Um, People who have downloaded already said there's like over 250 sermons on it, so there's a lot to listen to, and it is awesome to have. It's got audio for those who just like to listen, and it has the video for those who are visual, so we cover all the bases. All right, and then we have our VCF kitchen project. Hallelujah that our ovens have been ordered. And they, if I remember correctly, they're coming this week. Woohoo! Um, so our kitchen project, we are still going to get a new refrigerator and vents for our new ovens. And we got some nice ovens from what I've heard. We also have our VCF stage lights project as well so that we can light up all of our beautiful people up here. (laughs) And upcoming, so beginning October 4th is this generation. So that is our middle school outreach program to Palmyra Middle School. And we are excited to do this. It's going to be happening on Tuesdays at 1.25 in the afternoon to 2.25 in the afternoon. So you might see these flyers and postcards around. It has all the details on it for kids and parents. And the little square thing down at the bottom is a QR code. So for those who are technology savvy, you can take a picture of it, and it takes you right to the website where there's more information about it. So we are excited to be reaching our community in big ways, especially in the schools, right? Raising up a generation that loves God and knows how to use the word of God. All right, and then we have our Everyday Heroes Men's Conference. All about leveling up this year. It's going to be awesome. Um, The guest speaker is John George, and Pastor Doug will be here as well. 
You can register online at www.bcspa.org, or you can also go into the bookstore as well. And that is the last Friday night and Saturday morning in October, October 28th and October 29th. All right, that's all the announcements, and I'm really excited about what I learned this week. So I was um, reading a little bit about stars, and I learned that there's something called a black body, and there's a black hole. Most people have heard of black holes. It's apparently where, like, space and time is, like, really warped, and light cannot escape. Light goes in, but light does not come out, okay? Those are bad. Then there's stars. Stars are good. Stars are what we call um, black bodies because it's called that because it absorbs everything. It absorbs all wavelengths of light, all frequencies, all radiation, everything. And then the nuclear core takes that and, like, explodes it into something that's brighter than what went into it. Yeah, right? I'm like, I had to explain, right? And black holes take all of, uh, black holes are also black bodies, but they do not emit any light. Like, they just take stuff in, but nothing comes out. So that's bad, because it's like a swamp, right? Stuff goes in, but nothing comes out. That is not bad. I don't know what black holes smell like, but I imagine they stink, okay? (laughs) So I was thinking about how, like, you know, in Genesis, how God shows Abraham, like, his descendants are like the stars. And, you know, Pastor Doug's scripture, his mantra, right, uh, Galatians 3.29, where we are heirs and Abraham's seed. So we are the stars that Abraham saw, right? We are part of that spiritual descendant of faith. We have light. We absorb all of the word, right, all of the frequencies, everything. And the combination of the scriptures and Holy Spirit in us, like, just explodes on the inside. So there's so much light that shows to the world. Isn't that awesome? All right, that's everything. <laughs> and that is cool. I love that. And uh, someone called uh, last night, and uh, they had a hard time finding the app. And if you look up v- Victory Christian Fellowship Palmyra on either the Apple or the Android, and uh, you'll find it that way. So I did it, and I found it. It was good. But I already have it on my phone, so... Um, before we dismiss the kids uh, this morning, I want to uh, just take just less than maybe a minute to track the blessing. You know, we have evidence in the Bible that uh, God blesses people, right? It started in Genesis. First thing that man heard was Genesis 128. He says, uh, the Lord blessed them and made them fruitful to multiply, to uh, fill the earth, subdue it, and to take dominion, right? That's the blessing. But let's look at one individual named Abraham who was blessed, but let's see the results of that blessing. This is going to be the quickest uh, overview, all right? And uh, I want you to look at Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1. Genesis 12 and verse 1. Hallelujah. I'm going to read it uh, from the King James here. Genesis 12 and verse 1. The Bible says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get you out of your country, from your kindred, and from your father's house, unto the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you. Say, He will bless me. Okay? 
and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. All right. And I will bless them that bless you, curse him that curses you. And in you shall all the families of the earth uh, be blessed. Verse four. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him and Lot went with him. So uh, which came first, the instruction or the blessing? The instruction came first. God had told Abraham to give him something, to give him his obedience, to give him his action, to give him his response, basically to give him his life. You go here and I'm going to you do this for me and I'm going to do this for you. That was God's agreement. Right. Okay. so Abraham did. Right. And uh, go down to uh, uh, verse uh, seven. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, uh, unto your seed will I give this land. And there he built an altar unto the Lord. Say so he built an altar. Now, you never build an altar without giving something on the altar. All right. So Abram had a pattern of building altars and giving to God. Right. He went in obedience. OK. Now look at uh, Genesis 13 verses one and two. Well, uh, yeah, OK. Uh, yeah. Before we go there, just a second, look at uh, verse 15 of Genesis 12. OK. Uh, Abram went down to Egypt. Right. And we know that he didn't uh, behave like he should because he lied about his wife. OK. And uh, that almost got him in trouble. He thought he was uh, helping himself, but he wasn't. And uh, verse 15, Genesis 12, the princes of Pharaoh saw Sarah, her, and commended her before Pharaoh. And the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house. This was a 75-year-old woman who was beautiful. All right. And uh, he entreated Abraham well for her sake. So he was treated well. Why was Pharaoh treating him well? It was, it, it was because of Sarah, but it was also because of the blessing. Okay? And he had sheep, oxen, and asses, and maidservants, and men servants, and she asses and camels. All right? So he accumulated some stuff. Right? Then he left Pharaoh, and uh, he got to take all that he had. He didn't lose anything. Okay? Uh, chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. Abraham went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot went with him into the south. And Abraham was what? Very rich in cattle, silver, and gold. Everybody say very rich. Was that because he was very smart? No, that was because he was very blessed. He was very blessed. He, he, he participated in God's plan. He participated in God's will. He gave what God asked, and God rewarded him. Okay? The blessing. All right. Uh, go to Genesis 24, verse 1. Genesis 24, verse 1. All right. Abraham was old and well stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed Abram in all things. Everybody say in all things. Is that worthy to get excited about? In all, say I'm blessed in all things. Okay. Uh, go down to verse uh, 34. Same chapter, verse 34, and uh, verse 35, verse 34 and 35. Now, this was Eliezer who was going to find a wife for Isaac. And uh, he said, I am Abraham's servant. 
And the Lord has blessed my master greatly. Say, I'm blessed greatly. And he became great, and he has given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, servants, hallelujah, camels, glory to God. Amen? God has given this to him. Amen? That's what the blessing does. Okay? Now go to Genesis 25, verse 7. 25, verse 7. Hallelujah. And these are the days of the years of Abraham's life, which he lived a hundred and three score and 15 years. That's in, in modern English, that's 175 years. He was 175. Now listen to this. Then Abraham gave up the ghost and died in a good old age, an old man full of years, and he was gathered to his people. Amen. Sounds like to me that when you track the blessing of his life, wherever he went, that blessing was working, that blessing was operating. And as long as he was participating with God, how many want the blessing? But you got to be a participant. Right. You got to do what God said. If God said tithe, you got to tithe. If God says give, you got to give. If God says go, you got to go. Right. If God says serve, you got to serve. Amen. Because the instructions are directly tied to the blessing. Hallelujah. Now, it's not by works. You can't work to be blessed, right? A blessing is just a divine empowerment, but your cooperation with God, right, it uh, it increases on your life. So here at VCF, we can give any time during the service. If you're here, you can uh, give. If you're watching online, you can give online. So, Father, I am so delighted to pronounce a blessing on these people. They're giving and their gifts, Lord, and we just honor you and bless you and praise you in all things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Now, kids, we want to dismiss you for your class now. Kids living in faith every day. Come on. Have a good class. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, it's a good day. In the Lord. Amen. And you're in a good place. You're about to get a good word. Hallelujah. I believe that this is a word for the season that we're living in. You know, if you um, look at the world... There are some troubling things that are happening. But God has given us a peace that prevents trouble from getting in us. And it's a peace that passes understanding. So this morning, I want to help you to possess the peace of God. How many know that there is a peace that comes from God? And it it has the ability to keep, to guard, and to defend. And um, hallelujah. You know, this has to do with our own, you know, a couple Wednesdays ago I talked about uh, creating an atmosphere. You know, atmospheres are important. Things operate in certain atmospheres. Right. If you're going to go to the moon, you've got to have special equipment that will help you operate in that atmosphere. Right. 
And uh, same thing is true for the, the ocean. But uh, I want you to go with me to John chapter 14. And we're going to look at verse uh, 27 here. John chapter 14 and verse 27. And uh, Jesus says something uh, very interesting here. How many could use some more peace? That it has the ability to keep and to guard and to defend. And uh, Jesus said here, verse 27, John 14, he said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. If Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled, then a troubling heart is a choice that people make. You can decide not to let your heart be troubled. You can decide to resist fear. Amen? Did God give you a spirit of fear? No, he did not give you a spirit of fear. He gave you a spirit of love, power, and sound mind. He gave you uh, a spirit that's three times more potent than anything that the spirit of fear could ever do. Power, love, and a sound mind. It just represents the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It just means that he totally obliterated and defeated fear, and you don't have to participate in it. Say, from this moment on, I will not participate in any kind of fear. On any level, in Jesus' name. Okay, so Jesus said, peace I leave with you, and but he said, my peace I give to you. He has a peace to give. It, it, this is a peace that doesn't come from anyone else. This peace is exclusive. This peace is divine, right? When you're a prince of peace, you can offer peace to anybody that you want, any place you want, anywhere you go. Right. Amen. As a prince of peace, he is a distributor. He is the sole distributor of a commodity of heaven that can change atmospheres. Hallelujah. And notice, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. His peace is a perfect peace. It's, it's, it doesn't come through natural means. He doesn't give it like the world gives peace. You know, the world peace, right? But there's no keeping power in the world's peace. Even when they make peace between uh, warring nations, there's still other wars that occur. Right? But there is a peace that comes from God that is different, that is unique, it is perfect, it is wonderful, it is divine, and it is powerful. God left a piece of himself, you might say. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a way to hold the, thing, the pressures and cares of this world at bay. You know, um, when a, uh, a deep sea diver, you know, the Navy has these deep sea divers. They do deep sea welding, right? But they have to wear a, con- a helmet that can resist the pressure of the water. 
the strength of the helmet has to be greater than the pressure of the atmosphere that they're going into. You've, we've seen, maybe you've seen this on TV. It's this iron dome helmet. It's attached to a, an air hose, right? It's a specially designed suit that resists pressure because that pressure will begin to uh, push on it. It'll begin to try to infiltrate it. And ultimately, the, what the pressure wants to do is to crush it. But there is a peace that comes from God, whom he gives to you that cannot be crushed, that cannot be broken, that cannot be infiltrated by the pressures of life or the evil one. God's peace is world pressure resistance. God's peace is evil pressure resistance. Hallelujah. This is a special peace that only comes from the Lord. It has power to change atmospheres. It has power to keep you safe uh, in trouble. It can't be understood naturally, but it must be received spiritually. The peace that I give you does not come like, like the natural world. It doesn't come in a natural way. It's a different kind of peace. You could be in the midst of trouble and have my peace and not be worried, not be moved, but you could just stand up strong. The peace that I'm talking about is the peace that kept Daniel from being eaten by lions. Daniel was thrown into a den of lions, ferocious, fierce, hungry lions. And he had such a peace when he went into that den because he did God's will. He prayed. He refused to compromise. He walked with God. And and they threw him in the lion's den, but he had such a peace that he could sleep on a lion. And the lion couldn't open his mouth. The lion couldn't uh, extend its claws to eat him or to devour him in any way, shape, or form. Why? The peace that was on Daniel was greater than the power of the lions. You're going to need peace if you get thrown to the lions. Okay? Just to give you a little bit of perspective. This peace that I'm talking about is the peace that kept the three Hebrew children when they were thrown into a furnace that was blazing hot, where the, the, the heat and the smoke was smoldering, it was, it was burning hot, right? Matter of fact, the king turned it up seven times hotter. I mean, hot is hot. Whether it's seven times or one time, hot is hot, right? Am, am I right about it? I mean, the people that threw them in got burned. But, oh, God gave these three children, these three teenagers, a peace that they could go into the flames, into the furnace, into the belly where, where it was the hottest part, and they could not be harmed. They could not smell like someone. The peace on them was greater than the power of the fire or the flames. They left that place without even the stench of smoke. I spend two minutes around a campfire, and I smell like I've been smoking cigarettes. But they spent time in a fire. Why? Well, because someone joined them. The Prince of Peace joined them. And they were like, whoo, we're in the fire. Hallelujah. 
And the king, I mean the king, he said, didn't we throw in three, but there's a fourth man. See, he brought his peace to the situation. That's the kind of peace I'm talking about today. It's not your ordinary peace. This is not green peace. This is not a peace treaty. This is the peace that comes from God. It's an impartation of his power. We need this peace today. This is the peace that gave Moses the courage to walk into Pharaoh's court and to look Pharaoh in the eye and to say, let my people go. Without fear of being arrested, Moses was a wanted man. I've said this before. His picture was in the post office of Egypt. He had killed a man. That's why he left Egypt. But now he came back with a purpose and a peace where he could walk into the court. He could stand before the king and the king's uh, wise men couldn't do it. The king's soldiers couldn't do anything. Pharaoh himself couldn't do anything. Couldn't stop him. Couldn't shut him up. Why? He had a peace on him that was greater than the power of Pharaoh. This peace that I'm talking about, it'll give you confidence. The peace that I'm talking about, it'll bring you security. The peace that I'm talking about, it'll keep you safe. Hallelujah. It was the same peace that when Mordecai, who was Esther's uncle, every time Haman would walk into a room, Haman was promoted to a great high position in the kingdom, in the Persian kingdom. And every time he walked into a room, people would bow down and worship him. But Mordecai, he had a peace from God that when Haman walked in, he could stand up and say, I'm not going to compromise. I'm not going to bow to a man. I only give worship to God because I have a peace that keeps me. He was fearless. Hallelujah. He was relentless. It was such a thorn in Haman's side that he wanted to kill the entire race because one Jew refused to bow to him. And guess what? Because prosperity always follows God's peace. Because Mordecai took a stand of uncompromising, uh, he ended up getting all of Haman's property, all of Haman's assets, all of Haman's accounts, all of Haman's everything. You read uh, Esther 10. And read what it's, what it's recorded in heaven about Mordecai. Hallelujah. You have a, pre, a peace that will prevail over any enemy in every attack. This is the peace that I'm talking about today. Jesus said, I give you peace. My peace I give to you. He said, peace be with you. See, peace has a presence. Because the peace that I'm talking about is a person. And he wants to be with you. Say, his peace is with me. Come on, say it like you mean it. Think about that. It's his peace that he personally gives to you. We got to be confident and rest in his peace. Okay? Glory to God. It's not transferred to us by natural means. And this peace has the ability... So that your heart is not troubled. You can look at the world and you could, your heart can get troubled. 
you know, the, the prices of things, uh, the economy, uh, people who pretend to have authority in an office where they shouldn't be. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Those could cause trouble, but we got something that could keep our hearts from trouble, that will protect our hearts from trouble. Amen? Let not your heart be troubled. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be troubled. Look at your neighbor and say, don't worry. Don't take the care on you. Okay? This peace. Go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15. Hallelujah. So right, I'm going to tell you how to how to operate in this piece. Colossians 3:15. Notice what this says. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. To which also you are called into one body and be thankful. So whether or not we are benefiting from the peace that God offers to us, we have to operate in it and receive it by faith. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Does God's peace have reigning authority in your life? When you're faced with a problem, are you responding out of fear or peace? Are you responding in defeat or victory? It depends on what's ruling your heart. Out of the, what happens out of the abundance of the heart? What speaks? So whatever you've allowed in your heart, that, that's what's ruling your life. So if you, wanna, if you don't like what's ruling your life, change what's in your heart. Let the peace of God rule your heart. And then notice the peace of God. This is a different level of peace. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Uh, it's 1 Thessalonians, sorry. No, no, it, I'm sorry. I was in first. It's, it is Second Thessalonians. Sorry. Look at verse 16. Now the Lord of peace himself. Whoo! Everybody say the Lord of peace. Himself give you peace. How often? Always, by all means, the Lord be with you. That means he, he has so many ways of getting the peace to you. It's a special delivery. How many ever saw Mr. Rogers? Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? Right? He had a mailman called Speedy Delivery. Speedy Delivery. Right? And he was always delivering the mail. God's got a special delivery for you. It's, it's his peace. The Lord, oh my goodness. The Lord of peace himself will give you peace. Always, by all means. He can get it to you anyway, anytime, any place. The peace of God getting to you is not limited by time or space. So if there's ever a moment where you need peace, you could get it on the spot. It'll arrive at your door faster than Amazon. Amen? 
Hallelujah. All right, let's go back to Gospel of John, chapter 16. John, chapter 16. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm getting to my main scripture. We're not even there yet. John 16 and verse 13. I'm sorry, verse 33. John 16, verse 33. These things I have spoken to you that you might have peace. So it sounds to me like when the word of God is communicated to you, it produces peace. In order to get peace to you, God has to speak peace to you. I have the things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have. Why is it might? Because you've got to believe it. In order for you to receive it, you've got to believe it. You've got to accept it. You've got to welcome it, the peace. In the world you shall have tribulation or trouble, but be of good cheer. Everybody put a big smile on your face. Jesus said, be of good cheer, good cheer. I have overcome the world. The peace that comes from God is all, has the ability to overcome the world, overcome its pressures, overcome its trouble, overcome its challenges. There's nothing in the world that could stop the peace that God gives you. The peace of God forms a force field around you for all my sci-fi techies. It is a a barrier of power that prevents things that you don't want from coming to you. Because God's peace is a defender. It's a guard. Hallelujah. This is the peace. The Lord's peace makes you courageous, confident, undaunted, and joyful. You didn't get that. Because if you did, you probably would have shouted. God's, the Lord's peace makes you courageous. It makes you confident. It makes you undaunted. I really like that word, undaunted. That means I'm not going to move when you can't make me move. And the peace makes you joyful. Peace is not just a person sitting Indian style going, hmm. No, a peace is a person. He can give you his peace at any moment. And it makes you undaunted and confident and courageous and joyful. Peace is a fruit, which means it cooperates with all the other fruits. When you have peace, you also have the other fruit. You have joy, love, long-suffering, whatever you need. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So Jesus overcame the world through peace. Have you ever read in the Gospels where Jesus talked and they wanted to kill him? How did he get away from the people that wanted to kill him? Did he run? No. He had such a peace. He just walked away and they'd be like, where'd he go? See, when you're operating in the peace of God, nothing moves you. You want to kill me? You want to take me on? You think you can stop me? You think you can destroy me? That's what peace does. Peace laughs at the threat of the enemy. 
MC Hammer had the piece. He said, you can't touch this. Back in the 80s with his floppy pants. I'm a child. I'm a product of the 80s. I love the 80s. Hallelujah. That was my teenage years. Glory to God. The same piece. Jesus overcame the world through peace. And the same peace that gave him victory, he gives to you. How could you face a cross knowing that you're about to be beat up the most you have, any human being has ever been beat up, but yet know that you're going to overcome it because he had a peace of God. Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, Hebrews 12, despising the shame. There was joy. So if there was joy, there was obviously peace. Was Jesus in the garden biting his nails? Was he overeating ice cream because of what was about to happen? He wasn't having a nervous breakdown. Matter of fact, he was praying. He wanted his disciples to pray, but they were sleeping. Jesus was praying in tongues and Peter was snoring. But it was his prayer to his father that activated the peace. When, the, when they came with clubs and sticks and torches in the garden, Jesus said, oh, they're here. He didn't say, Peter, James, John, let's run. Why? He had a peace. See, the peace gives you the confidence because you know that when trouble comes, you're going to go through it. You'll be unscathed by it. This is the peace I'm talking about. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 14. I'm telling you, there's going to be a peace in this atmosphere today. Ephesians 2.14. For he is our peace. Who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Peace breaks down barriers and divisions. True peace, the peace of God... It prevents racism from flourishing because it breaks down barriers and it removes divisions. Peace. The peace of God. He is our peace. Having abolished in his flesh, verse 15, the enmity, the law of commandments contained contain in ordinances for, to make in himself of two, one new man, so making peace. How many are glad that they have peace with God? You have access to this peace. He breaks down barriers. He vanquishes opponents. And he brings unity and rest. Hallelujah. How could Jesus sleep in a boat that was in the middle of a storm? All right. Let's go. Let's just go there for a second. Mark chapter (laughs) 4. 
I got to get to this other scripture here. We're working on it. Mark chapter 4 and verse 35. Listen to this. And the same day when the evening was come, he said unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. Did God speak a word? Is that word reliable? Can they do that word? If Jesus said, let us go to the other side, then you are fully capable and fully able to make it to the other side, irregardless of what comes up in the middle. If God says we're going to go to the other side, then the other side is yours. It's already yours. He sees you there already. Amen? If God says we're going to get through this, you're going to get through this. If God says you're going to overcome, you overcome. Amen? Okay? And they, when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. I guess they were having fellowship. (laughs) It's a little pishka humor there. And there arose a great storm. Uh Uh-oh. God said go to the other side. But something came up to try to stop my progress. You ever feel like something came up to stop your progress? A storm arose. It means it wasn't there before, but all of a sudden, there it was. Nothing like the enemy to try to stop your progress. What kind of a storm? A great storm. Of wind and the waves beat into the ship. I mean, water's coming in the ship. Okay? So that it was now full. And he was in the stern or the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. He was dreaming that he was in a waterbed. How... Can someone sleep on a pillow when you're in the midst of a storm and water's coming in the boat and water's up? I'm sure he would have gotten a little bit wet. He's just sleeping. He's the Prince of Peace. And it doesn't matter what circumstance he's in, what location he's in, who he's with. He creates an atmosphere of peace. And if there's not peace there, he'll change the atmosphere. Peace has the ability to change atmospheres. And they awoke him and said to him, Master, don't you care that we perish? Now, I know that there's no no such thing as a stupid question, but this might come close. You're, you're asking, you're telling the Savior, don't you care that we perish? No, that's why I'm here. I'm here to prevent you from perishing. I care that you perish. I care that you, I don't want you to perish. Okay? So what's he going to do now? How's he going to change this environment? How's he going to change this atmosphere? 
he arose and rebuked the wind. Obviously, that wind didn't come from God. Otherwise, he'd be rebuking God. Listen, if you, if you want to change the atmosphere, you've got to declare peace to the situation. You've got to declare, declare something. You can't just say, oh, my, look at that wind. Boy, it's really blowing hard, isn't it? Do you know facts don't change facts? But truth changes facts. He, he didn't admire the wind. He didn't even, he, he, he didn't give the wind an inch. He, the minute he woke up, he started talking to the things. He rebuked the wind and sent him to the sea. What did he say? What did he say? King James says, peace, be still, and, everybody say and. I'll tell you what, when you're walking in the peace and you declare the peace, that atmosphere changes immediately. It changes quickly, hallelujah. Because Jesus walked in the peace. He woke up in the peace. He went to bed with the peace. He ate with the peace. Amen. He carried the peace with him wherever he goes. What did he say with the peace? He said, my, peace I give to you. Peace, my peace is with you. With you. Everybody say with you. My peace I give to you. So we have to carry it. And we have to activate it when we need it. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. The calm was greater than the storm. It was a great storm, but there was a great calm which overrode the great storm. Great trouble, great peace. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. We have a much more God. When when his power comes on the scene, it's much more than what we're dealing with. It's, it's, It's bigger than the problem. It's greater than the challenge. Amen? Say, my God is greater. Verse 40, you know why they couldn't operate in the peace? It tells you why. He said unto them, why are you so fearful? They were so full of fear that they couldn't even activate the peace. The Prince of Peace was in their midst, and they did not receive the peace that he gave to them. Because they were, they were flooded with fear. Is it that you have no faith? Well, if you're fearful, your faith, fear diminishes your faith. Fear cancels your faith. You can't be praising God one minute and saying, oh my gosh, what am I going to do the next minute? First of all, that's double-minded. And you, and you don't get anything from God when you're double-minded. And they feared exceedingly. And said to one another, what manner of man is this? That even the wind and the waves obey him. He's the prince of peace. He can bring peace to a scene that's troubled. Amen? If your body's troubled, you can bring peace to it. If your home is troubled, you can bring peace to it. You can bring peace to it. Why? He gave you his peace. He gave it to you so that you can do something with it when you need to. Just like salvation was a gift, peace is a gift. Let's use our peace. When you enter a room of complainers, speak peace. Glory to God. Go to Numbers chapter 6. This is nothing new. 
in God's kingdom. This has become a popular song. This is the blessing. You ever read where the blessing is? It's in number 6, verse 22, verse 23. Number 6, 23. Speak unto Aaron and unto his son, saying, On this wise you shall bless the children of Israel. Guess what? We are spiritual children of Israel. We are the stars. The, the natural descendants of Israel are the sand, but we are the stars. Glory to God. All right. Speak unto the children of Israel, saying unto them, the Lord bless you. Okay. And keep you. I want you to notice these words, blessing and keeping. Okay. The Lord make his face shine upon you. That's favor. And be gracious to you. That's merciful and giving. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you what? Hallelujah. This was an Old Testament thing. This is just a God thing. And give you peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. Because prosperity always follows peace. I can give you, I got, I got, I got 12 pages of notes, but I'm not going to share 12 pages of notes. All right. All right, go to Romans 15. Romans 15. Hallelujah. We're going to look at verse 13. Romans 15, 13. I can feel the peace rising in the room. You don't... God didn't give you a piece of the peace. He gives you the full peace. The peace that God gives is not a portion. It is the whole thing. Amen? Why? Jesus is our portion. And that, that's a big portion. Right? Jesus being our portion, that's everything. Everything that we get from God comes through Jesus. Amen? All right, Romans 15, verse 13. Now... The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Everybody say, all joy and peace in believing. Isn't it amazing you can have joy and peace at the same time? Glory to God. But you got to believe that you may abound in hope. Anybody lost? Don't, don't answer this question, but if you're here today and maybe you lost hope. You need some hope to abound in your situation. You need the peace and the joy and your faith in both of them to have your hope abound through the power of the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Peace is powerful. All right, go to verse 30. Same chapter, verse 30. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit that you strive together with me in your prayers uh, to God for me, um, that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea, and my service with, is in Jerusalem uh, be accepted to the saints. And that's not where I wanted to go, but that's all right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Joined with me in my prayer. Okay, verse 33. That I might come with you with joy. Okay, he, he's touching every, every, all the fruit here, or some of it. Uh, by the will of God, and may be with you refreshed. Verse 33, now the God of peace be with who? 
Oh, my goodness. Listen, no one can hoard the peace. There's enough for everybody. There's more than enough peace of God to go around to every person and be more left over. Peace to all. Peace to all. Okay? Now, how do we walk in this peace? How do we activate this? Anybody want to know how we do this? Okay, that's one. And that's one person that wants to know. Anybody want to know how to activate this? See, I like participation. First of all, it tells me that make sure that you're not sleeping. All right? Go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. This is the key to having the peace of God always ready to operate in your life at all times. All right? Philippians chapter 4. Oh, well, it would help if I get to Philippians. I was in Ephesians. Don't ever eat peanut butter when you read the Bible. Your pages will stick together. Not that I did that, but maybe once I did. (laughs) Now, you're going to find this interesting on how to activate peace because it's going to start with verse 4. If you want to activate the peace of God, you're going to have to know how to rejoice in the Lord. Philippians 4.4 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord when I feel like it. It says, Rejoice in the Lord when things are going well. Okay. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Listen, you're going to have to become skillful in rejoicing in God in order to have the peace of God. Because peace and joy go together. Just like uh, Forrest Gump said, peas and carrots. They go together. Peace and joy go together. Those are the first three fruits of the uh, Spirit. Love, joy, peace. Right? It's the trifecta of, of God's goodness. Okay? You walk in love towards God. You walk in love towards people. You have joy and you have peace. And they work together. They, they function together. They don't, uh, they don't, uh, they complement one another. Right? Okay? So, we're going to have rejoicing practice here at VCF today. Alright? When I count to three, However you want to, I'm not going to tell you how to do it. I just want you to take a moment and rejoice. And if you don't get it right, then you can do it again. Because that's scriptural. Amen? He said rejoice, and again I say rejoice. Okay? Because if you want to have peace, you've got to be a good rejoicer. Ready? Are you guys ready? One, two, three. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You've just set yourself up for some peace. Okay? So that's the first step in having the peace of God is the ability to rejoice. 
You know why? You know why rejoicing is important? It reflects freedom. It shows that you're not bound by anything. God is a God of life, not a God of death. God came to give us abundant life. He is the life of the party. He is the life of the world. Amen? He has everlasting life. So he wants his people to have his life. Okay? So step one to uh, have the peace of God is to rejoice. Okay? Verse five. All right? Verse five. Let your moderation or your gentleness. Is gentleness another fruit of the Spirit? Let your gentleness be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Everybody say gentleness. Hallelujah. And, you know, you could think of verse 4. This has been a a phrase that we've had over the last uh, year or so is double-double, right? Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. That's a double-double. That's a rejoicing and a rejoicing. Amen? Why? God's a multiplier. Amen? Okay, so uh, gentleness. Let your gentleness be known to all. Display, show and display your gentleness. In other words, you have got to be a fruit producer to operate in the peace of God. You have got to let the fruit of the Spirit, you've got to walk in love because faith works by love. You've got to have joy. You've got to have peace. You've got to have patience. Everybody say patience. You've got to be a long sufferer. And whenever the Bible describes long suffering, it's never with a frown. It's with joy. Amen? Why? Because if the devil can get you impatient, then he wins. So we, we got to be fruit producers. So you have to display gentleness. Jesus was gentle. The Holy Spirit was gentle. Did Jesus force you to get saved? No. He made you an offer. If you want this, you can have it. But it's your choice. He's gentle. He's a gentleman. Right? He doesn't force his will on anyone. So we have to walk in gentleness. You know, we have to be gentle. That's one of the confessions that we made today about our love being gentle. Amen? Not harsh. Okay? Okay? Verse 6. Verse 6. It says... Be careful for nothing. That means don't be anxious or worrisome. Okay? But in everything, so part of having God's peace is to be able to uh, not be anxious. Go to 1 Peter 5, 7. 1 Peter 5, 7. And let's see what that says. 1 Peter 5, 7. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What does it say here? Casting some of your care. So, 
it's a popular, we, we've been trained, uh, people in the world have been trained to say, take care. Right? You probably hear it often in a day. Take care. But is that, is that scriptural? What are we supposed to do with our cares? Casting. Now, if you cast them, do you have them? So, God wants you to be careless. No. <laughs> Not careful. Casting all your care, your anxiety on him because he cares for you. You have the ability to get rid of anxiety, to get rid of worry, to get rid of fear. That's all part of fear. All right, let's go back to Philippians 4. All right, I've got to get through this. This is the main point right here. Okay? So, be anxious for what? Everybody say nothing. You sh- if, if you feel yourself getting anxious or your anxiety rising about anything, you need to stop, drop, and pray. You need to take a moment and say, okay, Lord, I'm not taking that. I'm casting that unto you. Okay? You've got to get rid of it. Right? Okay? Be careful for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Everybody say nothing. That means not anything. Not the slightest little thing. You gotta, you, you, you gotta, if you, if you can't get rid of anxiety, you won't be able to receive the peace. Because remember, the disciples were fearful. That's why they couldn't do anything about the storm. Only Jesus, the only one in the boat was not fearful was Jesus. He was the only one that could do something about the storm, and he released his peace, and peace took over. He changed the atmosphere. Okay? Alright? Next thing you need to do in order to have the peace of God is you need to pray. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. You have got to be a prayerful person. You have got to be a person who stays in regular, consistent communication with God. Too many Christians only use prayer when they're in trouble. They use it like breaking the glass to get the fire extinguisher to pull down. Only in an emergency. Only when things have become overwhelming. And yes, God will answer your prayers, but we have to have a regular prayer life. If you study the life of Jesus, he, he, he stayed up all night with God. He got up early in the morning with God. He went by himself and prayed. He prayed before he rose Lazarus from the dead. He prayed before he, he fed the thousands of people. Jesus was a prayerful person. Philippians is not talking about praying in an emergency it's letting your request be made known to God. A petition is a specific request. You're in constant communication with God. See, if you want the peace of God, you've got to walk in a consistent relationship with God. It goes along with it. Let your requests be made known with thanksgiving. Right? Because... Who are you praying to? You're praying to God. He already has the answer. He already knows what you need. So you're thanking him ahead of time. We've got to thank God ahead of time. Thank him before you start praying. You can thank him afterwards too, but thank him before. 
Why? He's got the answer. Otherwise, you wouldn't be praying to him in the first place. Amen? So if you want the peace of God, you've got to be a prayerful person. Pray constantly and consistently. Pray in faith, believing. You know, there is a prayer of faith. James talks about the prayer of faith shall save the sick. 1 John 5.14 is the prayer of faith. Uh, it says, uh, when you, ha- when you uh, ask God, uh, let's just go there for a second. 1 John chapter 5. This side journey won't cost you anything. It's included in the price. 1 John 5.14. This is the prayer of faith right here. This is the confidence that we have in him. Who's our confidence in? And let me just say this, because this is important. Because so many people, they get so excited that they have so many number of people praying for them. But you really can't have confidence in that because you don't know what they're praying. Hey, if 100 people are praying for you, great, but you have no idea what they're praying. So don't have faith in the amount of people who are praying for you. Have faith in God. Notice what this says. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, anything according to his word, he hears us, right? God responds to his word. He responds to his will. And if we know that he hears us, how do you know that he hears us? Because you ask according to his will. Whatsoever we ask, we know that we have. Everybody say, I know that I have. The petition that we desired of him, that's the prayer of faith. Okay? Uh, we could preach on the prayer of faith at another time, but that's not our focus today. Our focus is to get you the peace. Amen? So, we have to, we have to know how to rejoice, to pray. We have to w- walk and display gentleness in order to have the peace. We have to cast our anxiety to have the peace. We have to be a prayerful person to have the peace of God. Amen? Uh, and uh, when we do this, when we do these things, remember the instruction came before the blessing? Okay? We got to be a doer of the word, not just a hearer only. Amen? All right, listen to what he says here. When we're doing these things, starting with verse 4 up to verse 6, now, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding. You can't even comprehend it. You don't even have to understand it. You don't even have to study it. It's a peace that passes understanding, and it comes in, and it keeps your heart and your mind in Christ. When, when it says it keeps your heart and mind, it stands guard. It defends. Devon and Paul, can you come up here, please? I want to illustrate this. And Melissa, I need your help. All right. Melissa, you stand over here for a second. You guys come here. All right. I want to tell you something. All right. You guys are my defenders, right? She's going to try to get to me, but you've got to prevent her from getting to me, okay? All right. Stand out here. All right. Okay. Let me give you some instruction here. You're going to do your best to try to get to me. Okay. Okay. All right. You guys ready? Okay. All right. Go ahead and go. See, fear tries to come at me, but it can't get in. Doubt tries to come at me, but it can't get in. All right. Good. You guys, let's give him a hand. That was awesome. 
They didn't know they were going to do that. I didn't know that I was going to do that until worship time. That was an impromptu illustration of the Holy Ghost. But did you see? It tried to come at me, but it couldn't because there was a defense. Peace is my defense. Peace is my stronghold. Peace is my fortress. Peace is my shield. It tried every way to get in, but my defenders were actively resisting the pressure. Hallelujah. That's what peace does. The peace of God will come in and keep your heart, keep your mind. Why? That's where you're going to have the most problem. Problems start as thoughts. All the enemy can do to try to get you to do what he wants you to do is give you a thought, an idea, or a suggestion. So, but you prayed, and the peace of God guards your mind. And it guards your heart. That's where you believe from. That's out of the issues of life. You make sure that you're not letting the wrong things get in your heart. Go to Isaiah 26. We're going to come back to Philippians here in just a minute. My goodness. Hallelujah. Isaiah 26, I think it's... Hallelujah. This is so awesome. I'm going to find it here. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Isaiah 26, verse... Yeah, Isaiah 26, verse 3. Listen to this. You will keep him in perfect peace, complete peace, whole peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So when your mind is stayed on the right thing, the peace of God will remain on the scene. As long as our mind is focused on the right thing, the peace of God, which passes understanding, it'll come in, it'll keep our heart, it'll keep our mind, it sets up a guard. Peace is a warrior. It stands guard like, like, the, like the soldier that guards the tomb of the unknown soldier. They stand guard like the royal guards who guard the gate of Buckingham Palace. You, they, they stand there alert. You can't, they don't smile. They don't respond. To, you know, people try to get them to smile, but they're disciplined. And they stand guard and they watch guard. This is what peace does in our life. Peace stands guard over us. And it keeps us, it prevents the wrong things from coming in. Because if the wrong things come in, then we can lose what God wants to do. So we need that peace to set up guard. Amen? It's a peace that surpasses what we ever could have imagined. It goes beyond our understanding. You can have what you don't understand. Isn't that awesome? You can operate in what you don't understand. You don't need a driver's license to operate in peace. Hallelujah. It comes natural to the child of God. It comes natural. When you connect with the Prince of Peace, you can operate in peace just like that. You might just be born again today. You can operate in the peace of God. You don't have to go to a seminar to operate in the peace of God. You just have to let that peace 
come. You have to welcome it. Amen. Hallelujah. This is peace of the highest kind. This is peace that does not originate from the earth. It comes from heaven. It is the highest kind of peace. There is no greater peace than the peace of God. All right? Only, the only person who can supply it, with you, supply it to you is Christ. Notice, what does it do? It keeps your heart and your mind in Christ. With the anointing. With the power of God. Amen? And uh, then, now, we want to keep the peace, right? Notice verse 8. This is, helps us prevent the peace from diminishing or leaving. If you want to keep the peace, you're going to have to do something with your mind. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, the truth. Whatsoever things are uh, honest or honorable. Whatsoever things are just or justice. Whatsoever things are pure or purity. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of a good report. What's the greatest report you ever heard right here? This is a good report. If there be any virtue, that word virtue is power. And if there be any praise, what must you do? Think. Everybody say think. On these things. If you want the peace of God to abide with you wherever you go, you've got to think on these things. And with the peace keeping your mind and heart, it helps you think on the right things. Can you resist a thought? I'm going to show you how easy it is to resist a thought. Okay? Some of you have seen this exercise and heard this exercise, or some of you it might be for the first time. All right? Just for a brief moment, I want you to close your eyes. Just listen to the instructions first. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. Then once you close your eyes and once I say go, I want you to start counting silently in your mind while your eyes are closed. But when I say something, you need to say what I say, how I say it. Does everybody understand? Okay, you're going to close your eyes. You're going to start counting. And uh, on your marks, get set, close your eyes, go. Start counting. Jesus is Lord of my life. The Bible is the Word of God. What happened to your counting? It got interrupted. See, if you want to interrupt a negative thought that comes into your mind, you've got to open your mouth with something different. How did Jesus? Jesus didn't stand on the boat and I'm telepathically talking to the wind. No, he opened his mouth and he made a declaration, and that's how peace was released in, in the situation. He was not silent. He stood up immediately and spoke. And if, when, when you are facing something in your life, you've got to stand up and speak. Amen. Peace was not meant to be silent within you. Right. It's, it's in you and it's with you, but you've got to release it into the atmosphere. 
into your situation. Amen? Hallelujah. Hmm. So we got a mind stayed on him. Peace comes out of God's word. Peace comes from clinging to God's strength and his protection. Peace comes from teaching, being taught by the Lord. He says he'll teach us. All right, one more scripture, then I'm done. Go to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, verse 79. And then we're going to... Jesus said, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, so it's something that you can pray for. Right? His goal is for us to have peace. You know, everything that God gives you, you can use right now. You don't have to wait. All right, Luke 179, and then I'm done. Zechariah was prophesying about his son, John. And he said this, to give them light, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. Peace has a direction. Peace has a flow. Peace has a lifestyle. You can't live like the devil and have the peace of God. Because our feet are guided in the way of peace. Right? Are you traveling in the way of peace? It has a direction. It has a flow. You know, the Bible describes peace flowing like a river. It's got a current to it. Right? You can move towards it. You can have it. Or you can move away from it and do without it. You can move towards peace and have it, or you can move away from it and do without it. Because there's a way of peace. If turmoil exists, and it's being fed... Listen, if turmoil is happening in your life, it's being fed and supported by something. You don't want that uh, stray cat to stick around, stop feeding it. Because if you feed that stray cat, it'll continue to come. So if there's turmoil in your life, it's because somewhere you are supporting it and feeding it. So you've got to stop supporting it and you've got to stop feeding it so that you can have the peace of God. Maybe you're always talking about the problem and not the solution. That's feeding the problem. Maybe you're complaining about your situation. That's feeding the problem. It's not going to change the problem. Okay? Uh, He said uh, to shine on those who sit in darkness. Darkness is sin, pride, selfishness, carnality. Uh, It means where there's darkness, it means there's more natural input than spiritual input. The word of God is light. So if we're importing into our life more natural things than spiritual things, then we're actually getting darker and not brighter. Okay? Uh, People who sat in darkness, they needed to be guided into peace. Aren't you glad that we know the way of peace today? I want you to have the peace of God. Maybe you're a fearful person. You don't have to be anymore. Maybe you're a worrisome person. You don't have to be anymore. 
God, the, the Prince of Peace, he gives us his peace, and his peace is with us. Amen? And his peace is powerful. It's a powerful defender. It keeps your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. When you're facing a sickness in your life, you've got to keep your mind focused on healing. Amen? That way, healing is being produced in your life. So here's the thing about peace. Peace is the word shalom. And Gideon, he built an altar and he called it the Lord is peace. The Lord is your shalom. To have the peace of God means nothing is missing, nothing is broken. So if you're missing something in life or something is broken in your life, the peace of God can fix it right now, today, in this moment. And if you need prayer for anything along those lines, we'd be more than happy to pray for you. Amen? And the peace of God, which passes understanding, will come in, and it will keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. There's nothing on earth like the peace of God. You know, I was, when I was in New Zealand in uh, 19... 87 was the first time I went to New Zealand. Um, We were on a three-day rafting trip. And the first day we stopped, we set up camp, and me and another guy who was part of our uh, group, we decided that we were going to go and uh, see if we could see a deer or a wild goat or something. I had a borrowed rifle. I'm in a foreign country that I'd never been before. I've hunted and fished in Illinois, but never in New Zealand. Long story short, uh, he went one way, I went the other way. We were going to meet back in the middle, except I didn't meet him in the middle. I tripped and fell into the river. And the current was very swift, very strong, and it just took me. Now, I, I can swim, and... It was the hardest swimming I ever had to do in my life against that current to get to the shore. I had the, the borrowed gun in my hand. I did not lose that. So now, every direction that I look, it was the exact same terrain. Bush, 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 bush. There was no outstanding uh, uh, landmark. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Thank you. So what are you going to do? You're in a foreign country. You're by yourself. And uh, I started singing praise songs. Songs that I knew when I, because I got born again when I was 12. I started, songs just were come to my mind. I started singing them. And I I thought, well, I'm just going to walk along the water because at least I'm going in one direction, not traveling everywhere, right? Hardest walk, I mean, hardest walk I've ever done, stamping over stuff and Now it's getting dark, and I'm not back at camp yet. I mean, the sun has gone down. It's about 9 o'clock at night, and I'm walking, and I'm praising God, but there was a peace inside of me. And then I get to a point, and the person who was with me had already been back to camp because he he was a New Zealander, right, a Kiwi. And so he had come back to where we met, and I ended up meeting with him, and I got back to camp at 9.30 at night. Was that coincidence? No. That was the peace of God working and operating in my life, providing help in a troubling situation. 
So if you're in a situation today that maybe you feel overwhelmed, it doesn't matter what it is. Right? Coming up here doesn't mean you're defeated. It just means you're getting the help that you need. Amen? So if anybody needs prayer, I just want you to come up right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you thanks and praise that your peace fills